0: Hey, welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Kamala, the boys, and a spider shoe. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get ready. To do it. Well, we're back. I can tell you, if you'd have told me that we were talking about the things we're talking about now two weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have believed it because you know uh, everything is just completely off the wall. Think but about we are, what we'll be talking about
1: two weeks from now. Well, I can tell you <laughs> what we're going to be talking about.
0: Two, I can tell you what we're going to be talking about two weeks from now. Okay, you think? i I have. I have a feeling, a strong feeling in my heart, uh, which is. Can you hear me? Okay.
1: Yeah, I can hear you.
0: Which is, there's going to be a October. I'd say probably around the 25th, 26th, 27th. Uh, the DOJ will uh, make an announcement. That they are investigating or they've launched an an indictment against Hunter Biden (laughs) for crimes involving Burisma and the Ukraine and payola or some bullshit. You know, they're going to try to whatever's going to happen now doesn't get and they all know this. They're going to try to they want to just recreate 2016 in any way possible. And uh, so, you know, they're going to they're going to they're going to pull some bullshit like you know some biden is a criminal and we're now prosecuting them at the 11th hour um and i think you know it won't work because i think people are um less stupid than they were in 2016 that's my belief that's
1: yeah my feeling. i mean i remember people being like when the republicans sling mud it sticks when we do it doesn't it's so strange it's like well cuz their voters are dumb
0: yeah i mean i think anybody who is is You know, buying into whatever bullshit Trump and his cronies now discuss is just like they were. They already believed whatever was going to be said. It was not. It's not like you don't have to reach to get them to buy into it. These are people who are just dying to believe any story uh, that is out there. Um, And so, anyhow, but 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 so we're in. We are in uh, the end game now, as they say in the great Avengers film, uh, End Game. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're 20 awesome days, 20 odd days away from the most, uh, important election and probably in American history, I would imagine at this point, I mean, maybe that's reaching, but I think we're definitely at a point where it's like, we're going to go, um, you know, we're going fascist dictatorship, or we're going to try to like keep democracy going in this country, some form of democracy as broken, however broken it may be. Uh, Senator Mike Lee from Utah, this is a big hubbub today on Twitter. This is, of course, Thursday, <laughs> Thursday, t- yeah. uh, Thursday, October 8th, 2020. Um, Mike Lee, Senator, U.S. Senator from Utah is literally like, you know, democracy is overrated. We shouldn't just have democracy, rank democracy, as he d- describes it. So like literally like him just coming out in support of like a fascistic or dictatorial regime, uh, which is, you know. I I, did, I would not have had that on my bingo card necessarily. Um, it's like, you know, people have stopped saying they, they have, everybody's kind of saying the, the quiet part loud now. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, like, like Trump today, they announced this is again, the October 8th, they announced that they're going to hold the next presidential debate via, you know, do it remotely because Trump is a walking pus bag of infectious diseases. And, um, those weren't their exact words, but I think it was that was the kind of the gist. And Trump was like, "I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sit on." You know, he's like, "They can mute you." Like it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, he gave <laughs>
1: away like his whole like yeah. <laughs> the only
0: strategy he ever works with was just just like keep
1: talking. Yeah, if
0: like, you could talk over, he's like, "I'm only a debate if I could talk over the person and yell over them." <laughs> Just the whole time. It's like, you know, it it would be it is poison to Trump to debate in an in a venue where the volume of your voice has no bearing on the conversation, you know, where it's like you actually have to talk about things. Um, That is, you know, very dangerous to him. He also called Kamala Harris a monster several times on Fox. And I was thinking, like, to Trump, she is a monster because the scariest thing he can imagine is a black woman who has power. Um, and so I think I, in the world, in the world of Trump, like what it would be considered a monster to him is like that very thing. And so it kind of makes sense, uh, in the way that kids imagine, like the scariest thing they can imagine is like that there's like a monster under the bed or something or like in the closet, you know, cause their world is not very expansive. They're not like, I'm not afraid of, you know, they're not afraid of serial killers. Um, anyhow, so it's just a real disgusting mess out there, uh, politically you know, but, uh, and elsewhere, it's also a bad mess, but, uh, I'd say less of a bad mess. I mean, there's a new Mel Gibson movie where he plays Santa Claus.
1: Uh, No, no, thank you. Yes.
0: Mel, see Mel Gibson as a broke, violent, angry Santa Claus in Fat Man trailer, a dark action comedy. It's like, you know, no thanks. Starring Mel Gibson. It's like, I'm good. You mean the guy, the racist anti-Semite who belongs to a Catholic cult? I think I've, we got enough of those in government, don't we? I we'll have to fucking see it on the silver screen as well.
1: I love this idea that like he, we owe him a second chance. Like for what? What? Like he's paid his
0: <laughs> dues, man. You've
1: you got dues. to be a m- famous movie star if you just go back to normal. I, that's what you're owed. Like you know what I mean? Like
0: I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I will say, like, <laughs> you know, Mel Gibson was like the king of the world for like twenty years yeah I mean, dude, like that's enough i think you know he could have i mean just to be clear he could have He's have not entitled continue. to being like prince of the universe for life i mean mel gibson's career wasn't on a downturn when he was like caught on tape being a racist anti-semite no he it was, was not it he was, was doing great he's doing the passion of the christ no, no 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 this is i think pre-passion of the christ i mean i think this might be around the same time they're very intermingled i feel like that stuff all came like Intermingled with this but you know he was like Hot shit you know Mel Gibson was hot Shit he had every opportunity in the world in Hollywood and all he had to do was Not be racist and not be anti-semitic and Now like we're supposed to be like okay Mel you've paid your dues you've Gone for 10 years without making millions And millions and millions he's of also
1: just like Never apologized like he's just Like never really said sorry no, for I that Or said, for beating
0: his wife no I mean Well you know listen uh Sometimes girlfriend. well who knows Uh, Speaking of wife, speaking of, speaking of what I'm not Googling it. Speaking of wife beaters, this is another story I saw today. Brad Parscale, who (laughs) uh, was the, was the, now I don't know if you know who Brad Parscale is, uh, Tony, uh, because uh, hold on. I want to get his, I'm just getting his data up here. But Brad Parscale was uh, this fucking alt-right fucking piece of shit who was like Trump's like digital director for 2016. And then. Um, Everyone
1: was like, he's such a genius because they just like flooded Facebook with memes.
0: He basically was like the guy behind, you know, like the, you know, racist, sexist, you know, weird right wing Nazi memes that people are like, oh, that really helped Trump win the election. Uh, He's basically an incel or something. He's basically like a computer nerd, you know, he's like a weird computer nerd who somehow got like hired by Trump. So after 2016, they're like, this guy's a genius. This is our this is our guy. Right. And he became the. They made him the campaign manager for uh, 2020. I mean, he basically was a web developer. He actually, he began working for the Trump Organization in 2011, developing and designing websites and creating and managing digital media strategies. So so he was like a part-time web developer for the Trump Organization. Anyhow, um, so uh, yeah, he named him his campaign manager. And, um, and, and, and Parscale was like, he, I remember like not several months ago and I'm going to get, I'll talk about Tulsa, but like several months ago, he was like, we're, uh, we're about to launch the death star. Like, uh, and it was like a tweet about how, uh, they were going to launch this huge digital campaign here. I'll just read you the tweet. Actually, this will be part of a tweet sequence that I do later in the day. For nearly three years, we've been building a juggernaut campaign, Death Star. It is firing on all cylinders, data, digital, TV, political, surrogates, coalitions, etc. In a few days, we start pressing fire for the first time. This was on May 7th. Just to be clear, uh, he was like, we're the people with the Death Star, which on its own is just like, you know those are the bad guys in the movie, and the and the Death Star gets blown up, right? Just I just want to make sure you understand <laughs> how that goes down. Uh, and and uh, anyhow, so so then anyhow, long and short. Then he was like he was the person behind this Tulsa rally, the 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 famed uh, Trump Tulsa rally, which um, took the life of the beautiful, valuable life of the wonderful Herman Cain um, due to COVID, but. Uh, you know, he's was like on Twitter talking about how the Tulsa rally that eight on eight hundred thousand people had RSVP'd for this rally at the height of the you know COVID. Well, I mean the the first height of the COVID outbreak in America. And uh, and, you know, needless to say, he, you know, ate complete shit. Nobody came to the rally. It was an absolute disaster. Herman Cain died afterwards. And it's considered to be, you know, one of Trump's biggest embarrassments, uh, you know, which is saying something because the guy is like embarrassing every single day, every minute of every single day for the most part. Anyhow, then he, like, got fired from the Trump campaign, of course, because that's how it goes. And then recently he, like, threatened to kill himself on, like, Facebook Live or something. He was arrested, you know, in his underwear, like, while, like, beating his wife because, like, she wouldn't have sex with him or something. Um, So, you know, like, there's no real point to the story except to say, like, what a fucking loser. And it couldn't have happened. Again, just like COVID, the COVID infections around the White House couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Uh, But it's interesting to see the expose all of these people that are around Trump to be exposed for the absolute garbage that they are, you know, just like the worst people with the worst ideas, uh, uh, you know, like awful fucking, uh, um, uh, you know, awful positions, politically awful positions personally, just garbage people. It's interesting now to see at at the end of this 2020 election season, there's just a lot of comeuppance that is happening. Just a lot of it's almost like it took four years for these things to really like make their way to the surface. You know, it's like Trump's taxes and this guy and uh, the COVID stuff that's all over the White House. You know, it's like, oh, all of the things that they've been trying to hide or cover up or lie about are now just just being completely unearthed and unmasked to use the words of my man Rand Paul. Um that's one thing. One other thing I'll say is uh Trump is very ill with COVID-19. He's wandering around the White House apparently. I'm I'm sorry. Uh,
1: he is ranting and raving in videos like a like we know he's insane, but like a madman. Like he yeah. honestly sounds It sounds like he's doing an impression of a crazy person. It's like he's like
0: drawing with his own shit on the walls. Yeah. So we're in like we're in like and this is real. Like we're really in, um, like the emperor has no clothes territory with this guy. Like it's actually it's actually really crazy. You know, like the story. I don't know for if, if Tony knows the emperor has no clothes concept, but in essence, it's like all of these people around the emperor telling him that he's fully clothed when he's in fact totally nude, um, like appeasing and propping up and, and making up lies to like satisfy this like insane leader, you know, this insane emperor. And, and like, this is like what we're like, literally what's happening in America right now. It's so fucking weird. Um, you know, he is infectious. No one is in the hospital for five days and then goes out of the hospital. Like First off, that doesn't happen if you need oxygen for for COVID-19. They keep you there for a while because things can change really rapidly. But he he is producing uh, the disease in his body. He is an infectious person. They refuse to talk about when he's last had a negative test, which I assume has been weeks ago at this point. Um, He is clearly unwell. Every video that he does, he seems like either mentally deranged or physically unfit. And, and you just keep hearing these stories about how he's kind of just doing, you know, the doctor's reports aren't even, they're not even like real reports. They're like, Oh, Trump reports that he's feeling good, which is not a, like, if you told the doc, if you were in the hospital and the doctor came in and you were, and they were like, how do you feel? And and you were like, yeah, I feel pretty good. They wouldn't just leave, you know, they go, okay, great. Let's do some tests and see what's going on. They'd say, let's check your, you know, antibody levels. You know, there was like, the doctor was like, Oh, it should be noted. He's producing antibodies. It's like, yes, you gave him an antibody treatment with the express purpose of producing antibodies in his in his system. It's like that is not notable. What would be noticeable notable is if you said, oh he's uh, he's actually testing negative now, you know." Uh, if you could give some specifics, oh, he had, you know, this, he was having breathing uh, at this level. And now like, you know, he had pneumonia, you know, his lungs were this X, Y, and Z. Now they're this. I mean, they're not saying anything about his health. I mean, we don't know, we don't know anything.
1: Trump himself just said, I I don't think I'm infectious. I don't feel infectious, which is just like, that's
0: how you do it. You don't, if you feel infectious, you are, you are, if you don't feel infectious, you are not. That's exactly how infections work. (laughs) Um, he also, I mean, it's also you know insane that that today there's a story that he uh, had the doctors at Walter Reed sign NDAs, and the people, the doctors who wouldn't sign the NDAs are like barred from working on him. So, so the people who are taking care of him at, at Walter Reed, by the way, the president serves uh, at the expense of and the and the uh, will of the the taxpayers you know he is a he is he is a an employee of the taxpayers of america just to be clear and i think it's pretty important to know if like your number one employee if your are ceo of the company he's like the ceo of the company of america that we're all that all the shareholders are paying for is like gonna kick the bucket pretty important to know you want to know like what's your plan right you know who's in? Who's you know? Are are you ready to hand over the reins? Does Mike Pence? I mean, Mike Pence. We didn't even talk about the debate, but uh, you know, are you ready to hand over to the reins, to Mike up. Pence? Anyhow, so like, there's just like we're just in really in cloud cuckoo land right now. I mean, we are in a total fantasy of of American politics. We are we have a person in the White House who is mentally unfit and physically unfit to serve as president of this country. Who's making these weird hostage tapes uh, on his own? What it seems like on his own, he's he's made up badly. He looks unwell. He's breathing heavily. He's panting. He seems to be in pain. And now he's just strolling around infecting more people at the White House as if like this is something you can think away. And uh, it's it's nuts. It's nuts. Um, you know, and, and now they're like, you know, he's saying he won't do the debate because it's going to be remote. I think, you know, it's unlikely that he'll stick to that because, you know, he needs an audience. Um, but I'll be honest with you. And this is like, I'm not saying this to be a dickhead or whatever, if you're a Republican, although I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you're a Republican, unless you love to be agitated. I, I, I would not be surprised if Trump dies in the next like couple of weeks. I mean, well, what's there's... crazy
1: is that there's a huge pattern with this disease of people getting sick, feeling better, being on drugs and feeling a lot better and then having some like level of recovery, more like livable and then completely collapsing because, you know, what you're doing is like you're covering up the symptoms of the disease with steroids and painkillers and all this stuff. And um it's also just like a completely unpredictable disease. Like we're we're still just working out why, I mean, we, we have a vague idea, but we're working out like why it does what it does to the heart and why it does what it does to the brain and why it does, I mean, like Mike Pence last night had one, I mean, we can get into the debate in a bit, but he had one of his eyes was all bloodshot and it's like, well, that's just gonna cause a bunch of speculation because COVID can cause pink eye. And it's like another random weird part of this disease that we don't fully understand yet. And so for him to just be on a bunch of experimental treatments, which themselves are dice rolls, and walking around saying he's fine, like, I, I honestly think he's more likely to die because of all of this, like, bullshit behavior and all of this treatment. Like, I, I honestly think, like, I I wouldn't be shocked if he died in the next two weeks. I also wouldn't be shocked if he didn't die in the next two weeks. Like, it's just so random at this point. But that yeah. should not be – that is so bad for this country and so bad for the, like, government and for the world stabilization for the president of the United States to just be – on shuffle with, like, life or death. Like, it's, I it's, mean, it's destabilizing yeah. in a way that, like, we haven't had, I mean, in my lifetime.
0: I, I, if I were China, China, as, China. My pre, as my president likes to call them, um, I would, I would attack America right now. I mean, I've, we've never been weaker. We've never been more fucked up I mean I'm not saying they should do it I don't want that to happen but I mean if you they were, won't
1: because he's crazy enough to push the push the nuke button
0: that's that is the one thing we have going for us is that he's just walking around stumbling around in his robe with a fucking uh, Kleenex boxes on his feet uh with but also <laughs> with the nuclear football in one of his hands you know if he if he can lift it Um. anyhow but you know I just it's just like yeah we just seem like a total clusterfuck fuck right now and I have to say I have to say Uh, we, what I think everybody wants in this country. And I think that a lot of Republicans, and I actually, maybe it's wishful thinking, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's dumb to, to feel this way, but I actually think some, some more moderate Republicans who were like, you know, this guy could, you know, really mix things up. And I liked, you know, his energy and, you know, he's a smart businessman or whatever bullshit they told themselves. Um, what
1: my mom said to me was she, she said, and I don't I I don't think she voted for Trump. I think this was her way of defending like what my dad did is she said, I think the the people who voted for him just thought it would be something different. And we've never really had something different.
0: Yes. And, and, and I totally get it like
1: a complete aphorism. But it's also that's what people vote on. I mean, I well, watched the I watched the like undecided voters last night again because I am I'm, I'm a, a glutton for punishment. And the thi- people were just like the, the things that they decided on was like Mike Pence seems confident. And she seemed cocky. And there's a difference between confident and cocky. And you're like,
0: yeah, there's undecided. Those undecided voters were decided. I'm sorry. You could tell by just their faces that they had made up their minds. It is not a mystery who they were going to vote for. It's such bullshit. I mean, such bullshit. I mean, that they didn't. They're undecided. Anyhow, but, but OK, but I hear what you're saying. I don't believe in undecided voters. I really don't. I think you've got to be like you, something mentally wrong with you like you might have a met some kind of disability if you at this point don't aren't sure which party w- and what ideals you're voting for like like you have to even be so low information quote
1: unquote, but even people that quote unquote don't engage with politics they don't know anything that's going on you have to fucking know at this point because you can't leave your goddamn house right
0: right but also but also there's just basic things like like i'm pro-life i'm not pro-life you know i'm pro-choice i'm pro-life like those are things that you should know at this point if you're an adult Uh, how you feel about that. You know, I'm for, you know, uh, uh, I want religion in my schools. I don't want religion in my schools. You know, Uh, uh, I believe in, uh, you know, equal rights for all races in this country and all people, or I don't believe in that. Like those are things that are just basic party platforms that are very easy to wrap your head around and you should just go and look immigration. I want there to be better immigration laws that allow more people to successfully uh, Enter our country and become citizens, you know, productive citizens of America, because that's, I believe that's part of the American, uh, uh, you know, the quote unquote American dream. I I think America should be a uh, a predominantly white. Only white first nation, white Christian, white nation. and We should let as few immigrants as possible in. These are these are very like easy to figure out basic platforms. You don't have to say I like Mike Pence or I like uh, Kamala Harris. You just have to be able to answer a question about how you feel about really basic issues affecting you. You know, like I think we should send more jobs overseas. I think we should tax billionaires more. I think we should give tax breaks to the richest or the the uh, middle class and 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 uh, uh, lower end of the income spectrum. You know, these are very simple questions. At any rate, uh, what the fuck were we talking about? I had a point to make. What were we talking about just before you mentioned the voters? The uh, oh, the, vote? the, the Trump that people wanted something different. I was going to say, I think that like the I totally understand to a degree. Now, I, of course, heard what Donald Trump said, and I was like, this person's racist. And I would never vote for a racist person, no matter if I agreed with every single policy, except for when he said that Mexicans were rapists. I'd be like, oh, well, that's it for me. Like, I'm out. Like, he could have been like, I'm pro-choice and pro-immigration and, you know, we need to defund the police and all that other shit. But if he was like, oh, also, and Mexicans are rapists and um, everybody should go back to their shithole countries, I'd be like, well, so much for my love affair with Donald Trump, you know. But I totally understand you heard some things that he said and you're like, let's mix it up. But I think at this point, even the Republicans who were like, let's give it a whirl, are feeling very fatigued. This is what I believe. I believe they're feeling, everyone's feeling really fucking tired of this annoying blabbermouth who won't shut the fuck up and won't get the job done and only is just causing more and more bullshit in our country. And so I think that what is possible, you know. Is that you you see the polls and it's like Biden's 10 plus whatever. I think there may be some Republicans who get into the fucking booth and they're like, you know what? I don't really mind Joe Biden, but I can't fucking stand Donald Trump. You know, I I actually think that's a possibility. Also, I was going to ask, did your parents vote for Obama?
1: Yes, my parents were Clinton, (laughs) Bush, Obama, Trump. Now, not voting.
0: I mean, that shit can
1: work out the pattern there. No, I mean, let me know.
0: I, I, I I there's no pattern. The only pattern is they like to mix it up. I mean, the only pattern they pick is the like the
1: winner. They pick the winner.
0: OK, well, not voting is is a way of picking a winner, I guess. Um, I'll take it again. I'll take it. But here's the thing that's interesting. I think the Obama Trump voters, there was a woman on, in the undecided voters. A group last night who looked like a basically like a Florida woman. Like I was like, I don't know. I haven't heard from this woman, but she looks like a batch of crazy woman from Florida because uh, I have a fair share of the I have some of those in my some of those people in my family and have certainly known a fair share of them. And I was like, this is a woman who was like, I'm voting for Obama. Now I'm voting for Trump. Like that's that if that's an undecided voter. That's I don't know what that is. That's like an agent they're of chaos. They're
1: more no, they're picking the more entertaining person. Yeah, and yeah, that's they're what picking it down they're,
0: Yeah, they're they're voting on like the way you vote on, you know, uh America's American Got Talent. American Idol. Yeah. yeah. Like, like American Idol actually no, but American Idol you have to like people do have like singing capabilities. But on America's Got Talent it's like you might just be like a knife thrower or whatever and that could be thrilling in a way that like a break dancer isn't, you know? <laughs> like,
1: I, I think, you know, and I I think that you're right I, but I do think Part of the reason for that is that, like, I think we're America has grown tired with this show, and we're not. We were, as much as I hate him, we were a little bit in love with hating him or with him for a while because it was so beyond the pale of anything that had ever been allowed or we had ever seen or. Yeah. And and it was so fascinating. Even if you hated him, you couldn't stop thinking about how much you fucking hated him. Yeah. And I, I, now I think we're all just fucking tired. And I do think that like the shine of the shine of talking about him has gone off of it. Like similar to like I, I always think of him in the way I really do always think of him the way that I think about how Britney Spears was in 2007 because it was America's pastime to like shit on or defend or just obsess about this person because you, it was just a shattering of norms like you know celebrities are supposed to be perfect at all times and they're supposed to have perfect teeth and they're supposed to always say the right thing and if they mess up they do a quick apology on the cover of a magazine and it's gone and we never see any of it and she was literally like shitting and like fucking throwing an umbrella at the police and like like she lost her mind and i think we were fat america loves a breakdown and then like a comeback that we yeah. were such a self-destructive people we just we we want to we want to just like jam all this crazy shit in no, it's and it, we, it's we, exciting it's tabloid we, we do it's like- love
0: we do love the comeback i mean that is uh i mean there, there's something people love i mean there is like like the underdog whatever you want to call it like there's something that, that america seems to enjoy about like
1: we like thinking that it could be us that like that like we could be the ones to ride from the all the way from the bottom to the top and that like and 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 we would deserve it and like it, anybody can is redeemable and anybody can be rich and anybody can be special and everybody is special and so that whole narrative has to be played out in full for it to be the most satisfying version of itself like America has to become so debased it needs to be sh- shaving its head and fucking uh, locking itself <laughs> in the bathroom and getting 5150 and then people will go we're at rock bottom you know yeah. what? Well, That's I also boring. now I let's mean, go. Let's get it back. Let's be the America Obama saw. And it's I like mean, it's fucking exhausting because this I just, mean, humans are dead.
0: I agree with you. I agree with you. Except I also think it's it's can be boiled down to to even less of a less of a um mystery than that. I think it can just it just really is uh we like a sh- people love a show and and there it's it's like There is a certain segment of the audience that doesn't know when the show goes from like um, humorous entertainment to like a real fucking problem, you know, like like to something that's really scary. And I think it was obvious to me from the beginning that Trump was was a sideshow. And to me, I was like, I would never take this person seriously, but it's like, it's like somehow the media, which I think is the media is, is, is very, very diseased and needs to be completely upended. And I don't mean like in the way that the alt-right and the fucking right wing talks about, but there is something truly deranged about the way the media covers, um, like just covers stories. Like, like when the media does stuff, you know, and this is like the New York times view, it's like, you know. Uh, They covered the first uh, debate of this season, the presidential debate, and it's like, it's like barbs fly as chaos, as, you know, as the, as the debate devolves into chaos. It's like, no, it's not like this thing that just was invented that both of these, you know, both of the candidates were just crazy. It's like Biden said, like things that were normal reactions to a person who was absolutely out of control. There was only one person who made it chaotic, and yet the media covers it with this weird, like they can't understand what real people talk and think like, like they have this weird sheen of this is how we talk about these things, and we never deviate from those, even if it's so obvious that a deviation is required. Like, like, like last night they at confuse, the
1: confuse, v- they confuse norms and they confuse, um neutrality and both sides um, with professionalism and with standards and ethics. And those aren't standards and ethics. Those aren't yeah. professionalism. That isn't being good at your job because you don't change based on the circumstances does not mean you're good at your job. It means you're not adapting to the circumstances. It drives me fucking
0: nuts. Like last night at the, at the VP debate, uh, you know, people were like, um, people were like, uh, the, or the 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 Susan Page who is the uh, the moderator, you know, d- never, never s- when when she would ask like Pence or even Kamala a, a question and they would just not answer and just go to some other topic, she was never like, hold on a second, you didn't answer my question, and I want a direct answer to this question. You know, he said when she was like, would you accept? Will you accept the the the, the results of the of the election? You know, he basically dodged it and talked about something else. And I would have come back and said, like, if, you know, you realize if you don't, I mean, somebody would, a normal person would have said, hold on a second, you need to tell me if you'll accept the results of the election or not. We have had elections in this country for hundreds of years and no one has ever, the only time ever there has been a dispute over the results was when there was a legitimate dispute over who won the fucking election in in 2000, you know, and, and. Uh, it wasn't even like, you know. It wasn't even like somebody claimed they won when somebody else didn't. It was like we need to figure out who won, uh, uh, and then it was stolen by the Republicans because they're bastards. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what I mean? Like, I would if I was, you know, Ryan. If I asked you if I was like, you know, uh, did you, did you, will you? Uh, if I ask you to leave the house, will you leave? Like, because I'm, I, th- I need to go to bed pretty soon. You're like. You know, uh, you know, houses, all houses are different and they also have windows, some have uh, doors, you know, some, some don't. And, I but what's really repairs in Im- of my but, house
1: recently, but what's really important, but what's, really, really, important, nice.
0: but what's <laughs> really important is that, uh, is that, uh, you know, we treat houses fairly, you know, I'd be like, hold on a second. Will you leave or not? Like you didn't answer my question. I need a fucking answer. I'm going to bed. Um, you know, it's like, they're like. Why would a why would a moderator? It's like they're so stuck in their own dipshit media brain, journalism weird, like journalism TV voice brain that they can't talk to people. Like if you watch from other countries, if you watch Australian uh, interviews or or even British interviews very often, uh, French people who are interviewing in France. They like do not let people just not answer questions. There's something about the American theater of 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 uh, journalism, quote unquote journalism, that prevents us. Like like we are we think it's rude to ask a follow up. We think it's rude to be to not let somebody wiggle out of an answer. I think it's fucking insane. I think if you ask somebody if they will accept the results of the election when there is zero indication, zero. From every possible front, except for Donald Trump's big, fat, fucking mouth, that there would be anything untoward in this election, anything that is fraudulent or anything that is deviates from the norms that we've experienced in every other election, that you wouldn't say like, "How can you sit here and not answer a question when there is no reason to believe that there would be anything wrong with the results of this election?" You know I've, there's never before in the history of the fucking presidency. As a president said, maybe I won't accept the results. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to fight the results of the election. That's madness. That's madness. That's all we have separating us from dictatorship is that you can say, we elected, we the people elected a new person. Now you got to get the fuck out, you know? And if we can't do that, and, and, and if you got, you have a media that wants to treat this shit with kid gloves, like, like you're going to hurt little Mike, little Mike Pence's feelings might get bruised if you ask him a tough question. And you force him to answer, you know, mother may not be very happy with him afterwards. (laughs) He may get scolded when he gets home. But fuck you. Like, get them to answer the question. Get them to answer the fucking question. Don't act like it's okay if they just say bullshit and then you move on. It isn't. It's
1: also like, it's just not a heart... It's not a difficult thing to do. Like at getting a, an answer out of somebody is not that difficult. You you just need to say you didn't answer the question, sir. No, you didn't answer the question. I'm will repeat. We will not be moving on. You need to answer this question. It, 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 as much as I hate like Chuck Wallace, he did do that. You know, like, it's not that difficult. And if you're yeah, moderating I, I, a I debate. Give him.
0: Too, I wouldn't give him too many I'm not. Points, I'm but. not.
1: But he managed to do that bare minimum. And if you're moderating a debate at an election at this cataclysmic moment, it's it's shocking. It's shocking that you don't think it's your journalistic duty to get the answer. You think it's your journalistic duty to be polite? Like, that's yeah, insanity. Right.
0: I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's truly, like, staggering to me that we're even in a place, that we're still in a place where we're talking about, like... You know,
1: God forbid we sully the good name of USA today.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just bullshit. It's just crazy to me um, that we can't derive an answer. We can't get an answer from a person. We can't say like, you need to, this is like what you're here for. You need to answer. You need to have an answer for this. You need to be able to tell people if you are willing to accept their vote as valid. I mean, to me, that is like the bedrock of the democracy here. You know, will you accept the validity of the voters' choices? And if you say maybe not, I think you're that very those very words forfeit you from being uh, allowed to hold office. You know?
1: Yeah, because then what's what's the fucking point?
0: What's the and who? How can we trust you if you will if you believe that you know better or more than? every other elected official in the history of this country almost without fail you know like what do you what the fuck is going on so yeah anyhow a lot of bad shit going on in the world right now very uncool not in the world really just uh, actually all over the world but America's particularly heinous anyhow we're gonna know really soon Tony I gotta and I'm gonna tell you something you have my promise if Biden wins which I believe he can and should and will I'm gonna be so done talking about politics. On we this will podcast. talk about
1: so many other things. I, 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 I will. It will <laughs> change the, the foundation of my personality. If we're being. Honest.
0: I was talking about this last night with my brother-in-law. You know, we were like, remember when like weeks would go by and you didn't know what the you know you didn't know what the president was doing. You he, he was doing regular presidential stuff. Maybe you'd see like, oh, he signed a new bill, or he's blah you know, whatever. Like, you know, he's traveling to Cairo or whatever things that a president does. You didn't hear shit about scandals that, you know, Obama's biggest scandal was like people were mad. He wore a tan suit one time. Uh, like that's the kind of stuff people were talking about with with Obama, you know? Uh, And, and listen, I'm not saying he was a perfect president, not by any means. There are lots of things that he did that I don't agree with. There are way more things he did that I do agree with, I should say. Uh, but like, I am very happy to not be thinking about talking about hearing about worrying about, uh screaming about podcasting about the president of the United States and what they're doing today. Like it honestly isn't that interesting to me. It was never that interesting to me. And the only reason it's become a topic of conversation in the world and on this podcast and anywhere else that you go is because we have an absolute fucking madman in the White House who just has made all of our lives chaotic every day with his bullshit. This is what I'm saying. Like I think that there are people who are just like, you know, I I'm a Republican, but I'm fucking exhausted. You know, I need a, I need at least four years off from whatever this is, from whatever this feeling is. And I think a lot of other people feel that way.
1: I don't think I could live through this again. I think that was a one shot for this body. I really don't think I would make it through another four years that, of this exact stuff playing out. Like it's it. it, it this is not the way a, a human beings are supposed to live. Like, it's, No. It it I, and honestly, like we're keeping the rest of the world and like our species hostage right now over what over like fucking this, this bozo in self Tanner and whether or not he decided to do a racism today. Like it's insanity. I, I I understand that like this country is there's a mental illness epidemic and we don't educate people and there's horrible voter suppression, but like guys, we have to be better than that like in order to survive as a species that created nuclear weapons we have to be better than this and ne- we can never be like this again it, like I, I don't i i'm it's shocking because like you i you, people constantly say like never forget about the holocaust I, we, I, we can't be doing this again in 100 years like this yeah, has I'm, to stop. this has to well, stop well
0: you would you would like to think well i mean it would, the crazy thing is you would like to think I mean, I've heard my entire life people talk about the Holocaust and talk about concentration camps and and the way you know immigrants were treated in Germany, Jewish immigrants and other immigrants were treated, uh, and and how that sort of snowballed into you know mass exterminations and genocide and w- world war, and 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 what the mantra has been my whole life is like ne- we can never forget, we could we must you know learn the past so we can never repeat it or whatever. Um, and yet here we are like on the precipice of exactly the same shit with just a different group of people. And it's like if you were to replace, you know, the, 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 you know, words, you know, uh, illegal aliens or, or Mexicans or whatever Trump says and his cronies say with Jews, you'd be like, oh, my God. But it's like somehow our brains are incapable of making the appropriate connection. I mean, like but they, also there's a lot of people who are still saying that about Jews, like no, and they're
1: the same group.
0: It's true. It's fucked up, and uh, it's a, it's a mess. You know, it's a it's a messy, horrible, upsetting, depressing situation that I honestly thought in my lifetime I would not find myself in. I I, I guess I like naively was like, I don't it's know. It's the I,
1: belief. It's the nineties neoliberal thing of just like history is over, and now all that's left is to manage like neoliberal capitalism and like it's all we did it guys like it's just all up from here the arc of history will just keep getting better we solved it and it's like that's not true we have to maintain and manage this shit we can't ignore when there's a movement of conservatives trying to push judges through to change the way the law is 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 works we can't ignore that when we cut education funding and health funding we can't ignore these things and be like well You know, it was nice when we had it, but we're managing like those. We didn't Trump didn't happen all at once. And like all of this, the COVID did not happen all at once. This is a death by a thousand paper cuts from like Reagan on. And and I I wish that I didn't sound so partisan when I say that because I I don't want people to not hear it. But like there is one party in this country that has been systematically undermining this country so that they could get a little tiny something in the short term for for decades. And like, of course the bill came. And it's crazy to me that like we're even considering Going down the same path, like I mean, I think some of the most impactful stuff that Biden and Harris have said on the debate stage is like, "Do you want four more years of this, or do you want a fresh start and a, and and another to try something else?" Because yeah, like, or- just anything else has to be better than this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't have to be that fresh of a start. We just need to kind of like go back a little bit to the path we were on. The increase, you know, I will take. At the, I mean, we are at the point. I mean, listen, we tell, we've been talking about this through the entire. uh, uh, this entire Trump presidency, maybe even before, you know, like, uh, we, I think you and I both would like more revolutionary thinking in our government. You know, I think that we would like bigger, bolder, more progressive plans to come into play, you know, things like, you know, healthcare for all, uh, uh, things like, you know, a much larger and, and more substantial taxation of the mega wealthy, a better distribution of, of, of government, you know, uh, programs to, The people of this country. I mean, there's lots of things, you know. uh, I'd like to see the government make a much larger investment in schools and schooling for children in this fucking country. Like, we have such a horrible education system in this country. Anyhow, but like, it's like there are a lot of things I would like to see happen that are dramatic. But at this point, it's like just we need to go back to even some of the incremental. Uh, nature of 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 where America the trip that America was on we you just know? have because... to stop
1: spiraling like at this point yeah. just staying where we are would be an improvement because I don't know what my life is going to look like in six months if this shit continues and no, we I, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean nothing not even to mention that we don't have a choice when it comes to climate change do you want to do covid on a much bigger and completely irreversible scale Again, in a couple decades, because that is the path we are hurdling towards and have been. And, like, do, you know how everybody now is suddenly like, well, we've got to trust the scientists. Guess what? The scientists are also saying uh, our number one priority needs to be COVID, and our number two priority after that has to be climate change. It has to be because it, I, I'm like apoplectic about it. Because when I last night Kamala kept talking about and I get it. They think that saying that they will stop fracking is – even though the president doesn't really have a ton of authority over that. They think if they say that they're anti-fracking, they'll lose Pennsylvania, which is – I don't agree with. I don't think that that's actually true. But it is political dogma to believe that. Um, to hear that thrown around, though, so casually and to hear them shit on the Green New Deal, even though I know that they don't – I actually truly don't believe that – at least at least Kamala, I don't believe she thinks the Green New Deal is some like horrible extremist thing – but the fact that the climate is discussed for a couple minutes and then we move on, and we all have like, we ritualistically have to shit on basic solutions. Like, you're doing t- with climate change what Trump did with COVID. It's complete denialism and playing it down. And I- I'm, I guess for me, like, we once we get him out of office, I feel like I need to throw myself from being like doing as much as I can to stop Trump and like to to get him out and uproot him. And I feel like we, we need to take this political energy and put it into the next looming crisis because like, I I really do want humanity to like progress and survive. Like, I don't want it to end with us. Like, I don't know why that that's such a like, I don't know. I don't know how you get through to people. I still don't know how you get through to people. I don't know what is changing. I mean, guess public opinion is changing because people are losing things in the short term, but I don't know how you get through to people to like understand issues. I really don't. I don't think I'm, I guess I'm not good at it. Like, I'm good at writing, but I don't know how to, like, I don't know how to change someone's mind at this point. I'm just, I'm just frustrated, I guess. And I, this just has to end. Like, I can't think about this shit anymore. I want to just do other things with my life. Same sit in a room and worry about one old man.
0: I couldn't just, dis- I mean, I could, sorry, I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, yeah, I'm just like the next, uh, 25 days or so can't go by fast enough. I mean, I'm just, uh, it's just like at this point also, I don't know. Uh, again, the alternative seems like there's, there is no alternative to me. Like I, if you don't know you now what you're going to do on election day, my, my fear is not that people don't vote. Uh, for the right person It's that we have a like an actual Like situation where we're talking Like it's like a civil war I mean it's like coup that's where we're at i mean, that's the territory we're talking about being in Like if the president says I don't accept these uh, Findings and I you know they're trying to push through This fucking supreme court I mean the president Yesterday the president Trump literally Was like we're gonna stop trying To get stimulus money for the American People who are like historically Suffering out of work, uh, economically devastated. We're done with that because I need to ram through this Supreme Court nominee who uh, is, I believe, I mean, he's basically said this out loud, just being installed for the express purpose of him feeling like he'll need a, a Supreme Court tiebreaker on some bullshit that happens with the election, which from what I can tell is being solely created by him and 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 uh, Bill Barr. You know, Um, and so it's like it's really. I'd say it's scary, but at this point, it's like the fatigue is so overwhelming that it's just more and more than anything. It's just um, it's just tiring. And I just want to get to the let's get to the bullshit so we can get the bullshit over with as quickly as possible. You know what I mean? Like, let's get to your whatever your play is going to be about how the election's been stolen. And let's see where it goes because i do think there's I gotta think, be i think some... what
1: happens is i told john this to, to, earlier because i he was like worried he's worried about all of this i i think um we get a definitive answer that biden won that night or the next day that biden won um and then Once Biden, like Trump refused to have a concession speech, he refuses to call Biden. He refuses to, he gives a speech about how he did actually win. And this is an ending here. Biden gives a speech uh, declaring victory and like not expressly calling out Trump, but saying that like this is a decisive victory and we won't like stand for anything else. Then Trump files a million fucking lawsuits in in every state. And this shit plays out for two months of him bitching and kicking and screaming and shitting himself. And then he eventually is pushed out of the White House by just the sheer overwhelming amount of the American public, but also like, I don't think the military will stand with him. I really don't think, I think the majority of the state governors aren't going to take the stand for this. Like I think right. at some point he gets, well, there's also, there's he also doesn't question go if, to the inauguration. He doesn't go, he, he, he becomes a giant piss baby on OAN and, yeah, or like yeah. Trump TV or whatever. I, and he shits himself for the next 20 years before he fucking croaks, because of course he's going to live forever. Yeah. That's just how like, this will play out.
0: He's like a cockroach. He's just nothing can for some reason nothing can kill him. I do think that's probably close to accurate. I do think that once if it is a, d- d- you know I we I don't I don't believe we're going to be in a situation with this election where we're like it's a 10,000 vote difference or a 100,000 vote difference. If yeah. that were the case, it's a different story. I think the
1: Republicans truly believe. I think their rats are scurrying off the ship at this point. I think it's chaos over there. I don't think they have faith in in their movement in him. I don't think they understand even what they're doing at this point. Um, And the people who are completely blindly faithful to him are like cult like, and I don't think that's a very effective way to like make change or get what you want done. Like cults don't get a ton done.
0: Yeah, and I think that the other thing is that. I do think if you flip, if, if a bunch of seats flip in the, uh, in the Senate, which is very possible now, uh, if the house continues to look, you know, I don't know how many house elections there are gotta be a handful. Um, I don't know how that works actually. I'm very dumb, but you know, I'm just saying the house is, is controlled by the Democrats. If the Senate becomes controlled by the Democrats, uh, and the, the victory is decisive, um, I think it's going to be really hard to convince almost anybody that that's a fight that is that is worth having or that can be won, you know. And and I and I also, you know, I say like I think you know from everything I've heard, Amy Coney Barrett is a, a not a, a smart or good choice for someone to be on the Supreme Court for this country. But I don't think. But I don't think it necessarily is a foregone conclusion that she would, you know, vote against the will of the American people if it was clear. You know,
1: I don't know. I mean, I think with that whole situation, I I mean, and of course, you know, Biden and and Harris have not They said like they haven't made a clear statement on court packing because they want to leave their options open and they don't want to alienate the left. But I, I think like that whole mess it i it, it it can't get to that point. I, I don't think that these lawsuits will get to that point. I don't think that it, where the people are going to entertain this. I think they would have 4 years ago, but I think everyone is so done with this including like judiciary the judiciary system. Like I I think I really think that people are are fed up. Even the people he's appointed, like I think it's just a, it's time. I think you look at him walking around the White House ranting and raving like a crazy person. He's embarrassing himself at debates. He's like I Pence looks exhausted with him. Pence last night just looked as, and he's fucking evil and I I feel no empathy for him. But he did look exhausted with having to apologize and talk around and make excuses for this man that he clearly has disdain for and I think it uh, I I will forever laugh at the like fucking Aaron Sorkinism of and then at the ending the Republicans go to the White House and they say it's time to go Donnie or whatever fucking bullshit. But I do think yeah. there will be a vibe of just like it's over. I don't think it can. It, it will play out like 2000. I think the people are just done and it will be such a decisive, I really believe this and I'm knocking on wood right now, it will be such a decisive amount of votes that he can do all the pissing and shitting that he wants to do presuming that he's alive um, but all I think it will amount to is eventually Ivanka will run for some kind of seat <laughs> and she'll yeah. bring up how her dad was he was stolen from him or whatever and that'll be in 5 years, 10 years
0: No thank you no, well, get you. ready. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, won't be Tiffany. Whatever, <laughs> she can do whatever she wants, but no, thank you. Um. Anyhow. All right. Well, let's see. We've talked a lot about politics. I mean, I don't even do we even need to talk about the debate. I mean, how much do we need to talk about the debate?
1: No. I mean, people, you know, the fly, the, f- the fly,
0: the, the fly. Bloody
1: eye, um, fly lies or whatever fucking tweets. Everyone did the same joke. So it's fine.
0: Yeah. Well, the um, fly won the debate. No, question. In
1: similar, uh, similar news. Facebook has finally banned QAnon across all of its platforms. Uh, Facebook has said that it's going to ban all pages, groups and Instagram accounts linked to the QAnon conspiracy movement. Um, this is after they removed 1500 pages, groups and profiles in August um qanon for anyone who d- doesn't know is a, an insane conspiracy theory based on meaningless haikus on an anonymous posting website um that believes that all the upper levels of government are pedophiles that create chemicals that keep themselves young or something uh and
0: uh, yeah i don't know there's a, this is all covered some in of these David. people
1: have gotten into the senate so
0: yeah, this is all covered. I mean, the thing about QAnon that you should know is that uh I mean, it's roughly that the, you know the the plot of their uh of their conspiracy is that there's a um uh there's a global uh, cabal of of world leaders and deep state actors who are all involved in child trafficking and pedophilia um and and you know every president but uh Donald Trump is involved um and like it's essentially there's a book uh, written by a, a conspiracy theorist, complete not not job named David Icke, which I've talked about a million times called The Biggest Secret. And all of the QAnon stuff is in The Biggest Secret, which is written in like 1992 or something. Uh, and it's an amalgamation of a bunch of other bullshit conspiracy theories that are roughly you know, based on the Knights Templar stuff and the Behold a Pale Horse and all of this like old school, like the Catholic, it's, you know, tied into Catholicism, which, you know, is actually an organization that has a problem with real institutionalized pedophilia. Um, but you know, it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense that has been on the internet now has been like turned into, um, just like this, 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 uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, just this, this cesspool. It's a religious.
1: It's a religious movement at this. Yeah, point. this like call like interpreting, are interpreting these strange messages to mean whatever they want it to mean, and they put their faith in Q, and they show up to rallies and blindly. Like support whatever they've the the influencers within this Q community say. I mean, it is a bunch of people who feel confused with information. They feel duped. They feel disadvantaged, and so they're clinging to this fantasy that makes them feel powerful. I mean, it's all conspiracy theory stuff. It makes them feel powerful and partaking in special knowledge and and in control of of a world that is wildly out of control. Um, but the problem with this is, is that it's great. Facebook is going to remove it. Okay, good move. But you're closing the barn door like way too late. Like (laughs) this is not, I mean, what are you going to do? Like this is already spread. These groups will go to other websites. And in this group, these groups have spread through Facebook. Like they've used this as a huge recruiting tool. And so I guess it's good that you're stopping it, but it's saying like, you know, uh, someone in our Slack said the analogy of um, if you were growing a bacterial culture in um, a tiny test tube, and then it infected the whole room, and you said, well, we've got to throw that test tube out. I, it's nice that you're going to do that, but I I don't think that this is going to make as big of a dent as, you know, they're purporting that it will. And I think these groups will just get pushed onto other platforms that are harder to police and control or surveil.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean... Look, but removing the removing groups that spread insane lies about people and indoctrinate uh, 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 unwitting or uneducated people into their cult of complete, you know, violent rhetoric and bullshit is I mean, you know, I it's overdue, but I'll take it where I can get it. Like it's not it's It's not not Facebook's it's not Facebook's. God-given duty to protect any fucking crazy-ass bullshit that people want to say on their fucking service. And the more that they go, you know what? Um, You know, uh, like, some things we just don't want on this platform. Like, we're not going to have Nazis on the platform. We're not going to have conspiracy theorists who say Obama is having sex with children or whatever. We're just not going to have that on here because it's nonsense and bullshit and doesn't add to, you know, a uh, uh, positive or meaningful discourse amongst human beings. It is a it is a trip is a one way trip down into something very bad, you know, and very dark. And it is not like enlightened or important or meaningful conversation. It just isn't. And like, I don't think that we have to like. Again, it's like I'll use the bookstore metaphor. Like, I'm glad that these companies recognize that they can sell whatever books they choose to sell, and you can put Mein Kampf on the fucking stands, or you you don't have to. And, uh, you know, basically like, it's like, anyhow, I, I, I'm not going to give Facebook a lot of credit, but I'm glad to hear it happening. I'd like to see it happen more. I'd like to see, and I think we'll see in a lot of these, um, these races where QAnon people have gotten the nomination or whatever, you know, it's like Laura Loomer has a nomination for a house seat in Florida or something. But the, if you look at the polling, it's like, she's going to be absolutely destroyed. Okay. Because the truth is that most Republicans, and I'm not defending them, but I believe that most Republicans are fairly normal people. I'm not, I disagree with their, a lot of their uh, beliefs. You know, I disagree with where they stand on a lot of the important issues. But I don't think the v- majority of Republicans are like, yeah, there's a international sex trafficking ring tied to like black magic in the deep state. Like, I just don't think most of them are like that. I do think there are some vulnerable people within that party. And frankly, there's vulnerable people who subscribe to any set of political beliefs. There's always like that can always lead to an almost religious place in some people's minds. Um, but like there are vulnerable people, you know, I see like I, I read this story about Erie and the outskirts of Erie PA in the in New York Times about the all these like the Trump versus Biden people. And, you know, there, there's Trump people talking about. Oh, I stocked up on ammo, and there's going to be riots in the streets, and all. And it's like fantasy, you know. There's another story from Pennsylvania about people talking about, you know, some guys a, a, a QN, and you know, he's in his 60s or 70s, and he gets, you know, other elderly people drive up and are like, "Hey, like I'm into QN and too," you know. And I, these are vulnerable people who are being exposed to an overload of information that has no grounding in reality. But like, you know, my, my parents who are, I, you know, I think, smart enough to 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 be able to see truth from, you know, fact from fiction are not the kinds of don't have the media literacy and the internet literacy that I have, you know, so they'll send me stuff sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, this is not a re- from a reputable place, you know, like, but they can't distinguish the way you and I might distinguish about what is reputable and, and, and factual and what is, I'm not saying that they don't, I'm not saying they're into QN and cause they're not, it's not anything like that. But I'm saying that, that for, especially for an older generation, especially for a generation, um, uh, uh, the generation, the older generation that is that is a leaning right wing or right wing, um, I think it's very easy for them to just not be able to make the distinction. And so services need to help to make the distinction for them. And I think it's very important that these kinds of things get more attention and more light uh, uh, uh put on them and that and that that facebook and other companies take action which Twitter has been very proactive about lately not nearly proactive enough about nazis and 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 you know trans harassers and you know anti-trans people and anti-lgbtq uh, people and like you know obviously there's a lot of still a lot of trouble on that platform that needs to be addressed neo-nazis uh but like yeah start doing it start talking about it start making moves I think it's I think it's important
1: yeah, I mean, I think, listen, it's good that Facebook is doing something about this because uh, something is better than nothing. Uh, but I, I I also worry that, like, what gets lost in here is that actual human trafficking and sex trafficking and, and you know, child pornography are real issues that exist that aren't in the realm of fantasy. And that are, um, you know, they're, they're actual there are actual victims of these things and they are there, the real information is sitting there like the, if you really care about human trafficking human trafficking victims will tell you what they need from you um and it, it i'm sorry it doesn't it's not as fun as playing cloak and dagger on the internet with your friends uh but you know play a video game this is real life like i, I don't know what to tell you if you want to do that it's great go buy a copy of world of warcraft and sink five years into it like everybody else um you know this is real life uh and, you know, you shouldn't buy a gun because of some, like, nonsense you saw in a Facebook group.
0: I guess I couldn't agree with that more.
1: Um, in other news, uh, I really, we have to talk about the Adidas robot that made a spider shoe. <laughs> um, so Adidas mm. created a robot that 3D prints in sort of this, like, spider web-like pattern. Um, it 3D prints shoes uh, that are completely made from these fibers that they're using uh to sort of mold they're, they're like soft bendable fibers that can also be made they can be made tougher and thicker so they can create the sole and then they can create the sides of the shoe um it, it's it's these aren't going to be for sale just yet but it is an amazing accomplishment and it's sort of fascinating because like they're solving for a shoe i guess but the applications of this i mean this is a 3d printer that could create something with such spectacular detail. You could make a variety of clothes. You could make a variety of things that in your own home. I mean, you would just need to buy thread, and the designs would all be online. Um, it, it, it's prohibitively expensive at the moment. We're talking way down the line, um, but they're creating these shoes that they I mean they call the line of shoes strung. Uh, it's it's fascinating. You have to go to inputmag.com and look at it. Uh, it's called Adidas Futurecraft, and I I, I really want to wear these, but I also just want to make stuff with this robot.
0: Yeah, I think um I think that one thing that's I mean one thing that we've been covering a lot that I'm really interested in is the uh, progression of, you know, how we're using new technologies and new materials in clothing. Obviously, we cover sneakers and 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 streetwear and stuff and like this one is I think Adidas, obviously for 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 reasons that should not be surprising, Adidas and Nike have been very much at the forefront of thinking of figuring out new ways to take technology and use it to create um uh, uh shoes the thing that the thing that i'm interested in uh that is exciting beyond just like okay you can use this new practice or like oh we've never thought of you know these are literally like using what a spider would do to create like a webbing that is the actual shoe which is like super duper futuristic like um
1: i mean it's Westworld world stuff
0: it's something yes it's like something from a movie Uh, or a sci-fi novel and they look that way too you know and I would I'm dying to know what they feel like I'm dying to know how these actually feel on your feet they look like they would feel fucking incredible um but like I think it's really interesting to watch not just these new technologies for the purposes of trying to sell some more stuff but a lot of this stuff is tapping into recycling and reusing and renewables and figuring out how to uh merge that into I mean and this is something that no other part of like essentially the quote unquote fashion industry has really ever made any progress on. Like the fashion world has been largely interested in dealing with like expensive goods for an elite group of people and not giving a fuck about the ways that they create. In fact, there have been stories that you've probably read. I think we did one on the outline a while ago. There have been stories about how, um, you know, the f- fashion companies will take, they will take stuff that isn't sold. They will take their stock and they'll throw it in the garbage or they, or they will like literally like chop it up or they will burn it. Like clothes that could go to, you know, pe- you know pe- hom- uh, homeless people, you know, people who who need, you know, uh, 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 you know, winter coats, whatever, like, but they're just throwing them out, right? Um, because they don't want people, they don't want people to be seen wearing their expensive clothes who didn't pay for them. Uh, and so it's interesting to see Nike and Adidas and a handful of other companies start to explore what I consider to be, I mean, to me, streetwear now is fashion, you know, that is where the most exciting, interesting, you know, um, uh, 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 creative parts of fashion are happening. I think like couture and runway fashion is just totally it's is dead. out of it's out of sync with all of reality at this point the only um,
1: relevant parts of fashion at this point are streetwear and costumes that's it everything yeah, else like it's like super, editorial costumes or streetwear that's yeah it. it's
0: like either super duper over the top or like utilitarian in a way that like this is like accessible to um a much larger group of people and there's there's the variety uh of of what you can do is is just like it's a totally different world when you think about like how this is, you know, how we think about fashion or, or high end fashion or whatever. But anyhow, but what's interesting is that Nike and Adidas are really trying to, I believe, pioneer some things that could have real impact. When we talk about climate change and how it's an existential threat, which it definitely is in this, in, in our world. I think it's interesting to think about how they could have, um, you know, these technologies, while at first may just be a really great talking point or some weird experimentation, uh, are starting to turn into real products. Like Nike had the the Space Hippie shoes, uh, which are still like very limited run, but like are they're actually selling and selling out of these shoes that are made from you know completely from these like recycled or upcycled materials? It's super interesting. Um, it's it's the shoe, the stuff they're making is really cool. Um, the materials they're using have a completely different look and feel than, than other materials. And so it, it's not only just like, Oh, Hey, we're trying this new thing with this new material, but they're also, um, the, the designs themselves are being heavily informed by the materials that they're using. And I think that's just like, that's just like a new, that's just a very new, um, place for these companies. And I think it's going to push, uh, I think it's going to push fashion forward in a way it's going to push material use forward in a way that is, going to have some real benefit to the world which is great and wonderful and and I I love watching it develop and I'm so glad that we're spending time covering it and that we have um you know that we have put the time and energy into thinking about and talking about this stuff as it relates to technology and relates to science and relates to the progression of you know how we all live and 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 the t- the ways that we um you know the 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 things that we that the objects in our lives and the and the and what is considered uh, or should be considered about them.
1: It's just interesting that shoes are where the only area of the clothing, garment, fashion industries uh, that really do cross over with technology pretty frequently, and like a, a, a core part of of say a sneaker is the technology that like how it enables you to feel better, how it enables you to perform better, how it feels, how it looks, how it's constructed. Uh, it, it crosses over with tech in a pretty heavy way. And, and most of fashion doesn't. I mean, you have like brands like Uniqlo that use like f- tech as a gimmick and like they use it as like a, it, as a fashion. They use it as a, as a trend that they can ride. Um, but you don't see a ton of this outside of outerwear where you don't really see a ton of uh, tech infused into fashion. And it's really long overdue because fashion and clothing has such an outsized impact on the planet and it has such an outsized impact on economies and on the media. Um, And so I, I, it's exciting to see this stuff progress forward. And what I love to see stuff from smaller companies breakthrough in the way that they do from these giant, this like shoe duopoly. Yes,
0: but a shoeopoly, you might call
1: it. It is still very cool, very fascinating. um, And I really want to wear them.
0: Well, nobody's stopping. Nothing's stopping you except your pocketbook. I'm looking at some actually space hippies right now and they're always sold out of the size that I want, which is tough. This is the problem when you wear a size 13 is that it's like, I feel like they make a very limited amount. Mm. Yeah, I
1: wear a 12 or a 13 depending on the width and yeah, it's like a nightmare. And whenever I go to the Nike store or used to go to the Nike store in Soho, um, they'd always have to pull it from like the back. I swear to God, it would take a half hour every time for them Mm. to find me
0: a shoe. That was very annoying. Ooh, wait a second. Some shoes I like are on sale. Are they in my size, though? Definitely not. Wait. They are. It's exciting. Okay, we're at the part of the podcast where I'm shopping, so I think that means we got to wrap it up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Let's do nice things.
0: Let's do nice things. I'm ready.
1: Um, My nice thing for this week is a show on HBO called Lovecraft Country. Uh, It's super weird and creative and exciting and it, it feels a little bit like a throwback to 90s tv but it also feels very now and i don't know i'm just obsessed with it it's it's weird it every week it's something completely different um and th- when the creators of the show pitched it they said they were asked well, like what the show is and they said the, the show what we want to do is push the boundaries of what it can't be and i think that that really comes across it's it's supernatural it's also sci-fi it's it's a fantasy it's uh it's just it's all of these amazing genres mashed and mixed up and it gets better every single week and it gets more ambitious every week and the actors on the show are doing such incredible performances it's you know I, to me i, I just want to be entertained at this point and um the fact that there's a really great social commentary within the show is additive but it's also so entertaining um And I haven't felt like I was like escaping into an adventure other than maybe the game Hades. I haven't really felt like I could escape. I haven't felt escapism 18 months, maybe two years. I really haven't felt like I could just completely disappear into something. I I always felt like I was keeping myself busy, but my mind was always on like the state of the world or Trump or climate change or whatever other pressing issues we do in work. Um, But also that I have been so preoccupied with um, that to find something that I can, you know, get a little stoned and just completely be gone for an hour um, has been so satisfying. So please watch it. Uh, I need people to talk to it about it. So whenever the next episode airs, if you could catch up, um, I'm going to tweet about it the night that it comes out. And I definitely want to engage with people. So follow me on Twitter and please talk to me about it. it. It's like a mashup of like Buffy Meets Lost, meets <laughs> yeah. True Blood, meets, it's just so good. I just love meets Indiana Jones. It's just, ah, I love it. Anyway. With like,
0: with like kind of a bit of the Watchmen series. Oh, totally. You know, so, There's yeah.
1: a ton of Watchmen in it. It's so yeah. good. I, I but love I will it.
0: say, but I will say, I, okay, so, and just not to, not to, not to uh, talk about your nice thing for too long, but like I watched the first episode and I was like, holy shit, this show is amazing. And then I watched the second episode and I was like, wait a second. This went from like truly amazing, like very weird, creepy slash commentary on race, which is like a really interesting concoction that you don't see very often. It was like, this show's really scary and weird and creepy in like a great, like David Lynch style or Lovecraftian, you know, obviously because it's about sort of Lovecraftian stuff. Um, but then, but then it's also like really interesting fucking upsetting, smart commentary on race in America. But then the second episode was like full CW. Like, it went from like thoughtful, artistic, you know, like very tempered in its storytelling to like full on like people with like doing magic and with capes and like it was like Sabrina.
1: It's different in every episode. So don't. don't Okay. Right. So, okay.
0: So I was like, ah, I'm out. I, I don't like this. I'm not into this. Like it ended and I was like, what just happened? It was like a different show. And then I started watching the third episode, which is better. It's like, I don't know what the, I don't know why the second episode was like it. It was, and maybe I need to watch all of it to really get it. You, but you like,
1: do, you do. It, it, it changes every week in it morphs and it, there are consistencies. The characters are consistent and the themes are consistent. And, um, I, I think that it's inconsistencies become its consistency in this way that I really like um, but yes, keep watching because you might not have loved what was going on in the second episode I didn't I didn't really either. Um, but like this most recent week's episode was so weird that it was so different.
0: Yeah, okay well, I mean I've already decided to kind of get back in the mix so I'm 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 on it. I'm with you. Um, um, the other thing is do it. a much more conventional show, but I really
1: am enjoying the boys on Amazon prime. And I know that like, Oh no, made a no, lab, no.
0: The boys, the boys is not conventional. That's the best show on television right now. The boys, totally, is, but I'm mean, so it's far not, from conventional. No, no,
1: I I mean that in the way Disagree. that it, it's agree. No, wait, just let me finish. I, no. it is a, it is a superhero prestige show on a streaming service that is serialized like on paper it's a much more conventional pick for me to be like this is an amazing show. Um I'm I love it. I'm obsessed with it. It's very good. I just mean it's less it's left less left field for me. You okay, wouldn't be my, shocked if I told you that I love The Boys. You know what my, I mean?
0: My my nice thing is The Boys on Amazon Prime. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're not watching the boys, you're missing out. You're missing out on one of the greatest, most interesting takes on superheroes uh, and comic book movies and shows. Uh, You know, it's it's uh, I mean, it is the antithesis of everything that Marvel has done and they know it and it is on purpose. And it's it a fucking so smart. middle
1: finger to Marvel,
0: and it is so smart. It really, really just comments on the whole superhero concept and mystique as it sits in our brains, the way that it has been like capitalized and monetized and 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 put into this like machine by Marvel and other large studios. Um, and and it and but it's also like unbelievably about like America. And how fucking broken it is, and particularly season two, which I think is like uh you know it could be cartoonish, but is handling certain things in such a smart way um it's super smart, it's so good, it's so entertaining I completely it's like such a perfect thing. it's funny that you were talking about lovecraft country and and you're like, oh yeah, the boys too, and it's like actually my thing is like I would say it's the inverse for me that the boys has just like has occupied this huge pl- place in my brain where Um, uh, I'm just desperate to see a new episode. I think it's, there's so little on television right now or just in entertainment in general that is worth your time. And honestly, it's very hard to be distracted by things right now because like we are so just inundated with what is happening in the country. And so overwhelmed by it. Um, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it really is like a, a very special show, I think. And it's not for everybody for sure. It's a very, it's for a very specific kind of audience. I think you've got to have a certain stomach for it and be interested in that, in exploring that world. But I think it's so entertaining and good and interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's my nice thing. we got to wrap up. I got, I got to go. I gotta, I have so many things to do today, Ryan. I gotta, I have to vote several times. Um, you know, I got to make so. I, i gotta make my gotta get my soros money in the bank i gotta make some youtube videos about um about uh about q the roots of q all right it's got a lot ahead of me today so anyhow i'm all right I'll talk to you later bye bye Uh, well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, uh, though I have some bad news. Your family started a fly parody account on Twitter, and now everyone hates them.